I have been uh, thinking about Alaska a lot, you know. And actually, that's the, from leaving the French Quarter, that's the, uh, what we jumped off to, me and Angela. We worked in a French Quarter. And, you know, like I said, that was seasonal work. And I usually worked throughout the winter, but wasn't making a whole bunch of money. Wasn't making no money, really. And you always play catch up when it was time to uh, go back to work on a regular basis if there ever was a regular basis in the French Quarter. Because <clears throat> they were subject to weather, rain, cold, you know, depends on the type of year the event, or just um, bad luck. Because every time you work, it means you're going to make any money, especially if you work for tips. That's what you depends on, you get $2 an hour plus tips. And, uh, but leaving, you know, New Orleans, we as bartenders, wait staff, service people in the French Quarter, and I was one of the few black bartenders there. And we sit around, and me and Michael had been going together maybe about a year or so, and we talk, everybody talking about leaving. They always, I mean, this is every yearly thing. Yeah, I'm gonna get out of here, get the fuck on over here and do this. But it was a year after the Valdez, the Valdez, and had uh, waste all that oil up there in Alaska. Devastating, and so we figured we'd go up there. If we don't do anything else, be able to get a job uh, with that cleanup. But I really didn't want it, but hell, getting away from Louisiana, I took any damn thing. And you know, we made a little trail there, stopped in Ohio for a while, saw our parents, it was getting sunny. It was still cold up there too. I'll never forget that damn uh, uh, ground was fucking frozen. I'm from Louisiana. All I seen was snow once down there, and uh, I mean I've seen snow before because I hadn't been all been a few places by then. That stuck, came back to New Orleans and got stuck because in New Mexico in that desert in the military it was fucking cold, freezing cold with that shit smell. But um. We hopped in the car and ended up uh, in Alaska, across the border. Drove, drove for uh, the Alcan. Famous Alcan, didn't know a goddamn thing about an Alcan highway until then. And, uh, but that was a quick stay. And it was a goddamn good trip. And going through the Marengo mountain range and I think that was Canada. Cause they spoke French. That's when my vertical set in real hard, and I just could not. I couldn't move, you know, anymore. I couldn't take the driving. I wasn't driving. Angela was driving, and I just could not take the goddamn curves or anything. I, oh, I was spinning the hell, and I could not open, keep my eyes open. It was just miserable. And uh, we stopped for a couple of days and I got some motion sickness pills and everything else. It still took about three, four days to weigh off or get down enough. And yeah, I did force myself to go start moving again. Um, otherwise, you know, the first couple of days I was just locked up in that room spinning. And I'm like, I'm like goodness gracious, this hadn't happened in years. But finally got back there, up there and on the road. And... Uh, once we got through the mountains, you know, the pace was a little slower. Uh, not through the mountains, but going through it was 
pace got a little slow because ah, that was a fucking ride in the hell. At least five days if we went straight there. But we uh, ended up stopping, like I said, then kept going, kept moving forward. And uh, we traveling through, stopping that night, sleeping in that little red Honda Civic. <laughs> That's the car Michael had, or Angela. I'm gonna get her name straight, but she was my Angela back then. And uh, that little car was packed with all our little possession clothes and stuff, you know. And I, of course, I was brought too much because I wasn't experienced at all in it. Michael was regular with it. Uh, but I think that's the longest ride she had ever taken. And I was glad to take it with her. And uh, we started moving and I could not believe we was going. I, I just fucking could not believe leaving Louisiana, then out of Louisiana. And then once we went to Ohio, then down to Vegas. And then, you know, once we was in Vegas, I'm like, fuck, you know. <laughs> this the furthest I ever been out, you know, even with the military. So. It was it was a damn good trip, and I uh, I was enjoying it until it, you know the vertical set. Even at, even up until then, you know I just couldn't take it. So, but once we did get back on the road, it was just amazing. Uh, we would had spot we pulled off on the highway one night to get some sleep because she had been driving forever, and I was still kind of spooked, you know, uh, out there in the open. I mean, we in the fucking wilds. I mean, we didn't see a car, house, or nothing in fucking hours. So we pulled over and stuff, and uh, I guess one of us used the bathroom more. And uh, it had to be her. And then she opened up, and yeah, <laughs> using the bathroom out there in bear territory. And uh, told me about, uh, hey, look up here. You know, and I already knew about the Milky Way and everything else. And, I saw these dancing lights, like ribbons moving in the sky, some beat of their own. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? That's the Aurora Borealis. Get out of here, the Northern Lights. That was my first time seeing that shit. It was amazing. And we rode, rode, saw some wildlife crossing the highway, saw Mama Bear with two, two cubs. Black bear, I think it was a black bear. It was a big bear. Crossing the highway. And I'm like, you know, if I'd have stayed in goddamn projects in Louisiana, I'd have never seen this kind of shit. And I thrived in it. And now you love that kind of shit. Even way back in the day, you know, I used to like to look at uh, these science programs, these nature programs. And I, 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 I love this. And to be out there looking at this shit for real, witnessing with my own eyes. You know, it's so fucking different than on TV. Um, and we've dried. And you know, the thing about it, it was, it was a still massive amount of snow on the ground. And trees, trees so fucking big. And the snow, you know, I'm thinking that's not the snow that deep, but them, the snow was fucking deep as shit. Lakes was frozen, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? And you know, it was cold, and, but we made it. Took that slow driving, you know, even though it was a, not freezing cold, I mean, nighttime it get freezing cold, but daytime, you know, that sun come out, 
and you're driving and you're looking at all this whiteness it's fucking blinding but you know it was a good ride went on through Canada through White Horse old dead horse <laughs> and uh we made it into Alaska made it across that Alaskan border and first place you know well no, I wouldn't say the first place city uh driving into Anchorage then went through home and these other not home uh wherever Sarah peeling from you know that place I think that's on the highway too but went from there to uh right outside of Anchorage and lo and behold first thing I see is a black woman I never forget it it was a black woman in one of those blue fur coats powder blue or something I'm like a ghetto 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 that's LA that's New Orleans that's every big city and I'm like okay so at least they got black folks up there but they didn't have that many but we uh when it took us a, a place at a youth hostel. And uh, it was pretty good, good people there and everything. That's where we met a guy named Bunny. Bunny was this damn, uh, I guess he was one, of, he was cross-dressing and you know, doing a little performance way back then and Bunny was just so flamboyant. And he never wore his costume, you know, because during the wintertime, I mean, over that time, it was just no work going on for him, I guess. And But he stayed there, I guess he was on government subsidy. But I met some good people in there. Uh, I met some Indians, actually natives from up there. And uh, for one thing about the natives, you know, a lot of them suffer from that alcohol. And I, I really got to see what it was and its effect on uh, the Indians. And I was, I was devastated for them. Uh, they lose their life with that alcohol. Sit up there and drink, drink, drink and don't think to take shelter at night or so drunk. You would hear them howling and stuff, and the police would do their best, I guess, to get them off the street and stuff. But a lot of them was, you know, alcohol make you a fighter, or lose any kind of inhibition you had. So uh, it, was, it was really, really, really hard for me uh, because it, it, it reminded me of so many in desire, you know, like those glue sniffers. Doing that fucking yelling after they sniffing glue. But you know, alcohol was a big problem too down in Louisiana. Then working in the French Quarter, I see it firsthand too sometimes. But uh, other than that, you know, uh, Anchorage was pretty good. You know, seeing moose come down every now and again. Uh, fucking massive moose. Um, saw, you know, saw, well, I saw a lot of that. Also, uh, there was a glaciers. I mean, you know, the first job we got, it was, we didn't see a glacier yet. But we 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 got a job. Oh, Denali. That's one thing. Once you start getting close to uh, maybe like shit, uh, close enough to see over the trees or see that start peeping over the trees and the peak of Denali. 
And I mean, this is amazing. You hear me? And I, uh, I like to, when I go places, try to learn a little history. And listen to the locals. They'll tell you a lot about where they're from. That's one thing I learned in Boston and all. In New Orleans, is a way and stuff. People love to talk about where they're from. And the best thing you could do to make a good tip is listen to them. And even encourage them. And give them a little bit of something where you're from to look into. Free, of course. But the knowledge. <laughs> and, you know, when I found out this was the tallest peak, tallest mountain on the North American continent. I was like, fuck. Nigga, you from the project and looking at this shit, you know? And I, um, I thrived after I saw that. Never went up to it. We got close to it one time going to the base up around Fairbanks, man. Oh, well, not Fairbanks, but going to the base of it. And, you know, I found out what they call Alaska State Bird, the mosquitoes. Because there was a fucking big mosquito, blood-sucking vampires. And we was up there in the mosquito land, and I swear to God, close to the tundra. It's like, how do they take this shit? How the fucking animals take it? I mean, it wasn't no live. Everything in Alaska, I was to learn, was so much bigger than in the lower 48. And I was glad to be able to say the lower 48. That made me that part of part of Alaska. Yeah, what, what the lower 48, man. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. You know, you throw that in the conversation, you know. But that was what was referred to out of Alaska or United States out of Alaska. Because you had a Canada. Just say Canada. But even say the name of what you're talking about in Canada, people knew or whatever. But, you know, it was the lower 48 could be, you know, you move around in the lower 48 during the wintertime, you know, which a lot of people did. Um, now in Anchorage, you could see Denali. And when I first went up there, they were calling it McKinley. And, you know, after talking to the natives, you know, they said, you know, talking about McKinley, they shush you right fast and correct you, no. It's Denali. Denali is the name of it. It's the Indian name of that peak there. It got a special meaning. It's McKinley. No, we didn't, we don't call it after the conqueror. And I'm like, fucking was blown away. And I'm like, right on, right on. So, um, we did a little touring around. Um, Michael had her bike, or Angela, Michael, Angela, she had a bike. And uh, I soon was to buy a bike, but, you know, not just then. But so we did a little driving around, and we uh, ended up working for a lady uh, I guess they processed fish, sending them over to Japan. Oh, they would put fucking tin shrimp in a pack, and I hit they sold that shit a hundred dollars. And I'm like, I'm in the wrong fucking business. But they was too meticulous and tedious, uh, and not the shrimp, because I dealt with shrimp before. I could deal with shrimp, but it it was the people, you know. And it was like they wanted, uh, uh when even when you did shit right, they wanna point stuff out and you know try to like take any kind of independence from you or, or, or thought of I mean even though they're telling you what to do and you're doing what they're telling you to do you're doing exactly what they're telling you to do 
without complaint. And it's like they're not happy. So, you know, me and the lady butted here. Her and Angel got along fucking great. <laughs> they love, I mean, people loved Angela. Angela was a gregarious person. She talked to people. Um, she got along. She, she could bring up conversation with anybody. And she was just cool. Couldn't damn work the damn, but she was fucking cool as shit as far as communicating with people. And if it wasn't for her, I tell you the truth, I wouldn't have went as far because I remember doing the same thing, trying to get jobs and stuff in Alaska, I mean, in uh, San Francisco and different places and just couldn't get them. Uh, but with her, we ended up, you know, getting that job. And I didn't, I knew how to, not so much act, but how to get a job with these fucking white folks, you know? Even though it was a temporary, they sometimes do inhibit you from getting jobs or even giving you the thought of, uh, 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 advancing with these jobs but with with michael angela it was it was uh it was cool and you know she was my door into a lot of these people and then she was also my teacher as far as even though i was what 30 something years old she was my teacher as far as how to get back into this uh work and advance myself not so much to make them like me, but to like make them like your work and hey, figure you can't do without my job. And then you know it, it was a thing you used I used to do before, but uh, even in the bartending industry, you know. But it was more fun and drunken days than anything. So, but she was a teacher to me, a big teacher. She was computer wicked and everything else at that time, and that was in what '93. So. We uh, worked there, and me and the lady butt heads one night, and I'm not gonna butt heads with two with people too long, no time. So I said, "Fuck it, I quit." Walked on off, and see, I was still young at that age, where I'm like, "Okay, I could get a job anyway," and would. And it didn't matter to me to start all over again. Yeah, that was life. You either stop or keep starting over, you know? If you stop, that's your ass. There ain't nobody gonna take care of no man, nowhere. So my best thing was to stop before the shit get too bad, I get too upset. Something come, violence come, cause it's always a possibility. Cause a lot of them say, you can't talk to me like that. Like what? Like what the fuck are you mean? This is my voice and you know this is my voice, so don't tell me no shit. And then that would lead to one thing or another thing or another thing, but you know, fuck it. So it's best for me to walk on and go get me another job before I get upset and won't be able to get no job. I quit. Next day, you know, I think Michael worked the next day. I looked around for a job. It was kind of hard, you know, because in Anchorage, they got a lot of jobs opening up, but they're not opening up right now. The season just about to start. Uh, heron season hadn't even started. And, you know, that's the beginning of the fishing season, or used to be anyway. Uh, they do the heron and the dead cod and everything else, and, you know, it was fucking amazing. So, uh... We took a ride down to Seward, right there on Resurrection Bay, Seward, Alaska. And went to a couple of the canneries down there. Ended up at the cannery Icicle. And there we met Annie. Annie was HR. She was a butch. <laughs> she was a butch woman. <laughs> 
shit. I wasn't even fighting that. But Annie was cool as shit. She had this dog. I think that dog name was Sonny. A girl dog. And uh, they hit it off, you know. Uh, hired us. You know, not there on the spot, but, you know, hired us. Actually, you filled out all the paperwork, W-2, and, you know, just one of those things like, yeah, okay, yeah, they're going to come. We got back to the place, the uh, uh, youth hostel, and we got a phone call and said, hey, y'all want to work? We got some herring coming in tomorrow. Yeah, but how long are we going to do that? No, don't worry about that. We're going to put you up in the bunkhouse until the season starts. Like, fucking right. So we was there. Did that heron for about four or five days and we were gone. We was in there. We was in Icicle Seafood. Didn't work for about two weeks, but fuck it. We didn't have a good time discovering the place. And I ended up getting a bike because I left uh, New Orleans with a nice little bit of change and we didn't spend it all. Uh, and bikes were still fairly cheap. I bought me a mountain bike. We would go up there. And I started going up fucking mountains on mountain trails on my bike and shit. Till my ass started hurting. Until, you know, I almost slipped down a fucking uh, cliff. And like, nah, I could do better walking the mountain. And I started walking them. And I started walking the head marathon right outside our uh, shit. Anywhere in sewage, you saw marathon. And, you know, we used to go up marathon. I used to hike it. Saw my first uh, glacier in that first in that two weeks there, Palmer Glacier, and saw another glacier once on Oyster Marathon up the marathon, and they got a race. Slide forth every year they got a race up marathon. Fuckers run up that mountain in 13 minutes or something. Might be less, but I know it was amazing. And uh, but no, I uh, we walked that in that place and. I had no idea we was uh, not first blacks, but we were some of the first blacks that ever came through there. But, you know, nobody really bothered us. I mean, they had dickheads downtown we was to, to discover, but nobody bothered us. Uh, the insurance plan was good. You know, I remember Roger and his wife, Roger had a black wife. And Roger saw us walking one day going from the library, going back to Tenth City or to the bunkhouse and uh because they put us in a bunkhouse like a dormitory situation during the summertime or yeah summertime when busy got busy we moved out into a tent one of those canvas tent they have set up and you could fit those fix those tents up like homes and they like in a big parking lot you know not a parking lot but a big lot and you just got the platform down there wasn't platforms and was throwing the tents over canvas tent you time down, fix them up, get you some tarp, put them on. Fuck. You spent you about four or five months, well, about three months in there during the summertime. And it rained a lot in Seward. Oh, my God. But it rained a lot in Alaska. So, and it didn't bother me, but uh, there was no need for air conditioning. The rain was kind of messed up, the mosquitoes and bugs. But, you know, you got used to the shit. And you dealt with it, and you dressed accordingly, you know, and uh, extra tough. That's my first time uh, uh, wearing extra tough. But anyway, we worked those herons, and next thing you know, came back, and they uh, had cod season coming up. So uh, if you want money, you got to go where to work at. And we were with the same company, but we went on the uh, front dock, and we were unloading boats. Me, Michael, Michael was like, shit, 
Mike, I'm 6'4". Mike was about 5'4". She fit comfortably in the boat. I'm bent down in that among her hurt. I already got a bad back. And goddamn, she worked the shit out of me. She was one of those who liked to tease when she out working your ass. And boy, I'm like, I ain't quitting this motherfucker. I ain't got nowhere to go. And I didn't. I hung in there. I worked that shit. It worked that shit. It worked that shit. And finally, Salmon Caesar came in. And uh, I'm like, fuck this. I'm getting off of the uh, front dock. And I went inside to the fish house. And I worked the tables when early Salmon Caesar. You know what? We had to take a knife. They had this machine that would... Gut, gut the fish, cut the tails off for the fins, cut the head off, and uh, send it down the line. All you do, supposed to do, is just check it. But sometimes, you know, you had to clean them. Had a knife, one of them old fat ass knife with the white handles. You clean it up a little bit, gut, get guts of stuff out of, and send it down the chute. You know, and they go over to the canning. Uh, and I didn't mind doing that. Hell, I know I was gonna do that the rest of my life. This summer, I mean, hell. Making their money, and I worked hours. Fucking, I worked as many hours as they had, and not a lot of people up there worked. Uh, especially some of them youngsters went up there work and went downtown, spent their money like crazy. Ended up not having no money because work wasn't guaranteed, huh? Uh, but luckily, it was good that year and uh, made some money. We made money, but we went from there to the uh. uh fish house and uh, they asked me if I wanted to run one of the machines I'm like shit yeah I run the machine I already met Frank Frank was the weed man and uh, oh man talk about the fucking weed up there now we were somewhat decriminalized up there man they let you have an ounce and this was in 93 up for an ounce two ounces but Reed, Frank was the fucking dealer and yeah, some of that shit with the Northern Lights and all that up, yeah, I had that shit up there early. But they had some better shit up there. So, uh, but that's where I got my weed from. And I mean, an ounce was an ounce. I mean, you know, it wasn't no fucking uh, water sprayed on it to make it <laughs> way more uh, humid-ass ounces like in Louisiana. These were fucking fluffy bags, I mean put it in a sandwich bag. I ain't talking about a Ziploc in a sandwich bag and flip that sucker over. It was full. So, uh, I'm running the machine now. And most of, you know, I got a raincoat on, an old rain outfit on, goggles and shit, maybe even a face mask because this fucker throw blood all over. And they had blades on this fucking thing. And they had some people down on the other end, maybe about 20 feet down next to where the fish came out that put the fish on the belt, the conveyor belt, and head first where it slide down there. And then once it start hitting the machine, it take the head off, the fins off, send it through this big old thing, scrubbing it. And it was always a matter of constant adjusting this shit, you know. And uh, I uh, that's the machine they call the chink. I refuse to call it a chink because it was the machine that took the place of the uh, the Chinese people who actually dominated that industry uh, as far as uh, prepping the fish, canning the fish, and everything else. But 
that machine just replaced them, you know, where they had a line of 30, 40 people, that machine just took them all out. So, uh, I, I never called it the chink, but shit, I worked. I fucking worked and was glad of it, never complained today. 16 fucking hours. I almost got my finger cut off that fucking around with Frank. Because I used to get off, you know, because I was one of the main persons in the line. You had the mechanics. You had the supervisor, Michael. You had the mechanics, uh, uh, me, Frank, and, uh, well, not I wasn't no mechanic. I was an operator. They had, I think, three operators. Uh, my machine was always running because I had the number one machine. And I kept it running, kept it rolling nice, always adjusted it, always paid attention to it. Because, I mean, shit, I love this fucking machine for what it done. I mean, this was, I'm like, whoever thought of this was a fucking evil person. But I love that job and uh, went ahead on and made my money and um, messed around one day and cleaning up, coming back from lunch. You know, used to get this half an hour lunch break. Go run over there, wolf down some food. Go run to your uh, tent, because that was right next to the cookhouse. Smoke you a good joint or a bowl. I don't know what I was doing then. And uh, shit, get back to the job, because mostly I was standing up there. So, But something happened. It was early, got off early, and I was still fucked up. Wasn't a matter of standing over there. Was cleaning the machine. It took about an hour to clean the machine with hot water and shit, you know. And uh, they usually locked it up when you clean it. And Frank was messing around with it one day, and I was cleaning up this damn thing. Really shouldn't have been where I was. And uh, the damn machine, he started not. He, he moved the button to move the belt a little bit, and this fucking big blade came around there where my hand was in. I'm like, oh, I snatched it. And I cussed his ass out. Now, thing about it, some people heard it and they went and reported that to Mike, but you know, like, no, it wasn't that big of a deal, you know, not that but they still had to report it. But they were trying to get rid of Frank, you know, at the time, it seemed like. But Frank was my friend, you know. Frank was my boy, my best buddy. You know, he was the fucking weed, man. So that season in, you know, made some money. We got the hell on out of there. Came back the next year. Uh, I was doing, done planning on doing the same thing. But then the spot came open in the cookhouse and I became third cook and moved over to the cookhouse. Laid out job, more money, free food. And that's where I became vegan, you know. And uh, second year, after that, in the kitchen, because they had Jim running the kitchen. The Jim was a stone-cold alcoholic, wouldn't even show up to work half the time. So Marilyn and I, because I think Marilyn was in there. Marilyn, Jim, I mean Marilyn, who was that? Me, Marilyn, I think somebody else. Oh, did I hire Marilyn? It me, somebody in there. Patty and uh, somebody else when Jim was in there. Jim was just a fucking drunk. And uh, he couldn't handle it. I shouldn't say he couldn't handle it. What it was was Jim was an alcoholic and he was actually, uh, from, he had been working on boats. 
and now he had moved to the um, land and uh, bars was downtown and alcohol was just available on the boats you don't bring alcohol at all so every night he'd be downtown drinking and he uh shit first he used to show up smelling like shit then he would show up late then he'd stop fucking showing up you couldn't even wake him up so he ended up quitting and somebody else took over and uh next year i was running the place running the cookhouse uh and i did that uh for two seasons until I got tired and had to end up leaving before I kicked Sarah and her husband Sonny in their ass. A bunch of dickheads, man. They were really, really some fucking nasty people. And uh, Sarah made it, Sarah just made it impossible for me to work there. And I, uh, I just quit. Jumped in my car and rode off. And then my brakes were squeaking on the highway. Then I ended up in all, uh, ended up in Seattle. But in Alaska, Alaska was pretty fucking good. I loved it because everything about it was great. I got some of the best fish in the world. Uh, some of the most uh, uh, different types of food, halibut. Oh. My first time eating halibut, salmon, and I mean, this shit I hadn't let go yet. But uh, a lot of places uh, had an impression on me. And, and basically, I was just a Roman person looking for a better job. And I just happened upon an amazing place. Uh, I remember we used to leave Anchorage. Anchorage was where you had to go if you really want anything. I mean, at the time they did have orders, but shit was just so expensive in Alaska because it had such a way to come. And I mean, it wasn't like you can grow shit there. Uh, I don't think they were doing any gorilla garden or anything at the time. Uh, but everything was shipped in there. So I mean, sometimes you just go to Anchorage just to, hey, get out of the boondock. But suet wasn't bad because during the off season, suet had maybe 3,000 residents. And that population grew to like 30,000 when uh, the, the salmon derby came along. Yeah, they had all kind of things. And now cruise ships come up there. So, cause I had went up there again in 2016 and uh, it changed, it changed. I met two fucking dickheads up there. Cousins said it was from New Orleans. It was Lee Suckers, Lee Lapdog, Lee Low Black Ass Nigga. And Lee was a, Lee's a little dickhead. I Frank call him Little Lee. And, um, I, I, you know, the dude just didn't like me, which don't fucking matter to me, but, you know, but I know he had uh, these two black dudes. And the two black dudes, when I come out there, okay, this last time I had went to Alaska, it was. You know, I just wanted to see Alaska again. Figure I'd get some work while I was doing it. Uh, went out there with a phone number without a trace or anything. Hopped on a ferry, boom, I was there. Ended up uh, going back to the same place, Icicle. I got on. Uh, oh, it was so different than the fucking kids, you know. And I really didn't realize that how many kids. But back then, kids, the shit was serious. 
you understand? It was fucking stone serious back in the day. You, the job you you took serious. Then now these kids play with this shit, you know, uh, throwing ice around, crushed ice, you know, running, playing tag, it wrestling. Like what the fuck, man? This is a fucking dangerous atmosphere. But but anyway, they had these two brothers. I uh, ended up working, going to the back dock, because that's where. I mean, I came in after it was sign-up time and shit, and I wasn't getting that old job I used to have back then. And um, I uh, ended up going to Baghdad. Now, this little motherfucking Lee, you know, say, you know, this not no work for no older man. That was, what, in 90, I mean, in uh, uh, 16, 2016, so that was, what, eight years ago? I was 58. I'm like, okay, and I'm thinking, this little motherfucker just broke the law. Tell me about my fucking age. I'm like, what do you mean, man? Well, you know, it's kind of, I said, dude, I could work it. I could do this, man. Okay, then. Man, let me work. I ended up work out working them fucking, some of them kids, most of them kids. But me, Lee just didn't like me. Lee was one of these motherfuckers who had to do shit a certain way. And he, um, if you didn't do it exactly the way he wanted them, that was it, you know, like the fucking box, closing the box up and sealing them inside with the paper, uh, plastic in there. I spin the whole fucking box because I wasn't trying to fold that shit over because my hand was whole, hurting and cold already. But he didn't understand that. And I mean, he never even asked. He never came to me. He went and got fucking, uh... Charles, the plant manager then. <laughs> me and Charles go back, that's who I work for on the dock. And if Charles don't see nothing wrong with what you're doing, Charles ain't gonna worry about it. And some kind of way it came to Charles that I was fucking up the fish and Charles said, well, we standing over there and Charles actually things kind of slick. He said, well, you got a problem with that? I said, no, not at all, why? I thought you did. I said, Charles, me? Got a problem with anything? Tell me what you want done. He said, I said, no, Charles, I don't even have a problem with nobody here. Thing, and that was Lee, and then that was pulling Charles on the side, pulling his coat to some bullshit, like a little bitch. So, I go back to these two dudes. When I first walk in there, you know, in back dock, and Lee was cool, gave me the job and everything. He didn't become an asshole then, by then, over that soon. And um, I'm working and uh, walked up there, you know, in the meeting and stuff, and, you know, dude, uh, Hawaiian dude, big Hawaiian dude, ended up being a big dealer out there, too. Not not weed, he did. I mean, I'm sure he had a little weed, too, but no, he didn't, because I knew the fucking weed man before them. Frank, and Frank was still out there dealing with you. And, uh, but they didn't want to deal it because I was going to make money off them. And they wasn't trained and they were trying to get the shit for free. Like, fuck you. <laughs> but, uh, Hawaiian dudes say, we call you Dr. J. I say, no, you're not. What you mean? Uh, that ain't my name, bro. You just going to tell me what the fuck you going to call me. That ain't my name, man. You call me Mo, Maurice. Any variation of that, but Dr. J, uh-uh. You calling me that shit because I look like Dr. J or what? You know, I ain't go there. But 
Yeah, he got a little salty with me. It took him about a month to get over that shit, you know? And a month of that and me working my ass off like I was supposed to, you know, wasn't bullshit. And I even took over boxes there, doing boxes, setting up the boxes. So I got an easy job, <laughs> easy job just that time. But after that, these two black dudes now come up to me. Yeah, where you from, man? I'm like, I'm from Louisiana. What part? I say New Orleans. Get the fuck away from New Orleans too. Hey, get out of here. What boy? What about? Uh, we from Lafayette. Oh shit. Okay. Well, and they thought I was gonna say the thing. Where you from? Desire. You from Desire? Yeah, I'm from Desire, dude. <laughs> Born and raised, I said. Well, I was born and raised, cause I got. I was six months later. I was in Desire. That's where I'm from. I, said, I thought y'all was from Desire. I was about to ask you. I said, I don't know too much about La Playa, so I did. It's on my left when I pass through it. When I'm on our interstate, didn't But uh, these dudes, you know, they were characters. I just didn't understand them. They were bullshitting hustlers. And they had a lot of blacks up there. Then. Now these two dudes, you know, they. Fucking, I can't even think of their name, Heckle and Jekyll. But they had a little nephew with them too, and good, thank God the little nephew here was on straight. But these dudes used to take the shit and uh, take the money, go downtown, and the, old, the taller one, he, their cousin, I think, the taller one, uh, was all into the drug scene and shit, and he was the, you know, the hustling women, so that means he paid for everything to impress a fucking woman to get pussy, you know. I mean, like, fuck, you could have done that shit in Louisiana, stayed your ass home. <laughs> but, you know, he was just a, he was just a stupid one. And one of them stupid motherfuckers. And a little tag along was his cousin, you know. Uh, but big man was always broke, out of money, hustling cigarettes. Like, what? Nigga, please, come on. But it had to be from Lee. Start fucking with me, you understand? Cause I had a big blow out there when it came time to them boxes. Motherfucker act like they won't tell me where the boxes are kept at, so I let the fucking line dry. And they thought it was funny, not them, but the white boys and stuff. You know, one little faggot motherfucker, and I'm saying that because he act like some fucking Jenny standing up there, and I'm asking him where the fucking box is at. And you know, he didn't tell me, and you know, it came down that one day, me and Frank, this other dude, uh, who was up there, no mustache Frank, he's from LA. Oh, hustler too, you gotta watch that motherfucker. But he, uh, <coughs> me and him was smoking one day and walking off, you know, and smoking, go hide behind shit, cause working for the plant, you gotta hide. Cause if they catch you smoking, you can't be there, even though the shit was legal. Uh, and you're not, not even on the plant anywhere. They catch you smoking anywhere, oh man. You're under any influence, no? Because if you don't pass a drug test, you know, if they find any kind of suspicion to give you a blood test and you fail it, that's your ass. So, you don't give them suspicions for that. But, uh, I knew this little bitch, Lee, something was up with him, you know? Cause uh, 
He was one of these supervisors who have his little meetings or daily briefs or whatever. And if something's wrong, he'll say he know, but he don't know shit. And he always like look at people like, you know, it's you. So one day they had uh, some fish uh, come up, must have come up missing. Now, I went back early from lunch to clean up the box area just to clean it up. You know, I'm running boxes, shit. I wanted this area clean up and shit, boom. <laughs> and that was on the side, but that wasn't, that was before I moved these boxes over to the other side. But anyway, I went in early. It was stone cold fucking hot as a motherfucker. And I think Barry saw me cleaning up. Now, next day meeting uh, came up that fish was missing. He know who took it, da da da, watching and looking, looking at me. This motherfucker. Next thing you know, these two dumbass niggas, especially the tall one, in there, they didn't, they wasn't sleeping too far from me in that tent. Talking this shit about an old man, da 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 da, kicking my ass. I'm like, what? Little cat calling, not directly cat calling me. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Oh, hell no. I don't play that shit. I ain't even gonna tell him nothing. Let him think I'm fucking scared of them. Now, thing about Alaska, it's the wild frontier. I couldn't get a gun that fast, so knives were legal. <laughs> I had got me, I already had a knife that I bought for once I go to Alaska, and that's only because of fish, you know. They usually go to a fish place, they want you to have at least a knife. So I had a knife. Shit, man, I got me a fucking other knife. This one was a nice, big, long piece. Kept it in my boots. Everybody knew I had fucking knives on me. They just kept on talking shit. And one day, it come to some shit. I'm like, ask the nigga, what's your problem, man? What's your fucking problem? You talk that shit about brother, nigga. What's your fucking problem with me? Tell me. Couldn't say shit. I said, look, you need to fucking back off. Gave the nigga a joint. Lee ain't had nothing no more to deal with him. But you know, it was the idea of this little nigga, but and I even talked to my brother Everett, called him, you know, because his wife had died. My daughter called me and said, you know, Everett, uh, well, I called her. Your brother Everett, wife Diane died, so I called Everett to wish my condolences after not talking to his ass for a few years. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that deal. And uh, I said, brah, look, because <laughs> I didn't want to tell my daughter this. I said, bro, look, they got these two men. I let it be known. I let them know I was telling somebody. I got these two motherfuckers up here, and I told them their name. I said, they call themselves from fucking New Orleans. They're from the players. But I tell you what, every, I'm going to stay with me a motherfucker here. So, you know, if you don't hear from me, bro, check to make sure uh, uh, I'm not in these people jail, you know, because uh, I swear I'm going to kill them.
Because, you know, every time they eat, motherfuckers think they're playing with somebody. <laughs> they would say, bro, oh, don't do that, bro. I said, bro, look, I ain't never no fucking youngster fucking with me, you know, because they talking about hit hurting. I say, I can't give them, you know, we can't, you, can, you know, you can't give a motherfucker a chance to hit you. But you, that first shit don't work no more. So, I was gonna slice their ass up. And I could have got him in his sleep too. I could, he just don't know. <laughs> I could have got him coming in that drone. Cause I used to be a wide awake motherfucker back then. And um, back then, I, uh, I'd go do my laundry two, three o'clock in the morning because the laundry, well, the laundry would stay open. Had so many people there, but shit, I see him coming back. I see him coming back, walking back. Took the cab there, and a little sharp piece in town, walking his ass back. Him and his cousin, but you know the thing is that Alaska changed a lot. I was glad to see blacks there. A lot of blacks were there, but I didn't see a lot of blacks hang with them because they knew better. And the thing about it is. They gave New Orleans a bad name uh, by claiming to be from New Orleans, but not. And uh, they would do that old howling and yelling shit like they're on the second line and shit. But, you know, they were, they were fools, buffoons. And, uh, I mean, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Come on, do your job. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They called me, oh, you know that, bro? You know that? Say, I'm working, bro. But, you know, being a clown for them fucking people, and I wasn't about to do that. And uh, that's how they got, he got them to do, because dude was late. Dude late all the time. He got the fucking head. He late all the time. And because he was late all the time, Lee was able to hold that over his head and shit. So, my first trip to Alaska, Fucking great. Second trip was good too. Except for them idiots there. You know? And uh, but they had a lot of blacks up there and they, they were they were doing good. But you know, it's a seasonal thing. And even them two dudes right there, those two asshole cousins, they have a, a nephew, one of them nephew brother was there and he was a little young and he you know, was talking about the work up there and how to make money and how to stay around. And I told him, look, dude, you come back here next year. Come back next year. You're going to get your permanent job. And keep coming back. And so you see all these pictures around the wall up here? Most of these people retired or went on with the company. But 20 years, you're a certain amount of money, dude. I say, me? I say, I come back here. 30 years later, just think, I mean, you you don't stay up there all year long. You go there, work, and then leave, come back. Go there, work, and leave, come back. It's like a seasonal migrant worker. But the thing is, I'm like, you know, if I'd have stuck with this dude, I'd be, I'd be great right now, but I didn't. So, but anyway, it's worth investigating. And, he, and you know, I told him, and he stopped putting in for jobs and shit. So, good luck to him. 
But there was a lot of blacks up there now taking advantage of that. Before, uh, most of the blacks were uh, hired to work on the boats, and I just was not going on a fucking boat. And uh, when we landed in Seward, you know, uh, being one of the first blacks there, not first, but one of the few blacks there, we were actually accepted there. And, and, and really, Seward was a fucking great place. And the only hint of racism I ever got was when people from outside Seward came. Alaska was great. I didn't feel nothing in Alaska. But now it's changed, too, because the last time I went up there, it was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. But it's still a great place. Beautiful. And it's one of the uh, wonders of the world. And I mean, like I say, everything in Alaska, they're talking about Texas is bigger, that's bullshit. Alaska know that everything there is bigger. They ain't even got to tell tell people from Texas there. Because anybody from Texas ever go to Alaska and say, well, fuck. I've seen otters running out the ocean. I thought they were seals. I've seen seals big as hell. I've seen, uh, what's that, beluga whale. And uh, what was that? Cook in there. That's where Captain Cook got his ass stuck on the, uh, in them sand locks. Ice then. But uh, no, it's uh, actually a wonderful place. And then, you know, as I learned about this country, and I'm sure about the planet and I will learn is that it's all pretty fucking special and distinct in certain ways, you know. And you gotta take the beauty and not judge one beauty but another beauty. Or by the you can't take the desert and say, oh fucking desert ugly. And you're not looking at the desert right. You're looking at the desert like you're looking at the fucking beach. Oh, that's another thing about Alaska this in Seward. The black beach. Oh, and the only thing I didn't like about fishing up there, you had to snag. And I was like, oh, God, that's brutal. But the salmon wasn't eating. And I've heard tales where I'm walking out there and run across people in the backwoods. Cause we used to do that a lot. Anytime off, go to hike. And there old people be telling you about these salmon that be so thick you could walk across the damn water on their back. <laughs> Had so many bears, shit. Bears would just w with each other, never even worry about you. Yeah, moose, moose as big as the trees, like a uh, what's his name, uh, Paul Bunyan moose. And you would look at him. But my thing was, I've seen a lot of people pull over on the side and get out. And um, I've always said this is my the most idiotic people in the world. <laughs> but. Later, that's Alaska. <laughs>